Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me is Brandon, as always. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about different types of intelligence. Brandon, tell us more. Yeah, we're going to talk about IQ tests, if we find them valid, different types of intelligence, how those match up with learning styles. And after all is said and done, I want to find out if we feel more or less intelligent after this episode. I think that'll be the million-dollar question. See, I don't know how we're going to feel, but I do know the one thing is that everyone who listens to this episode, they'll definitely be more intelligent. Yes, that's that's a guarantee. We should actually put that in the description so that people know that they're going to get something out of this episode. Yeah, because, I mean, everything must go except for your intelligence. Only it must go better. Everything must go, meaning your stupidity will go because you'll be more intelligent. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Perfect. See, see, one, one other comment. You know, some, some people, they might be just starting their school year. You know, maybe they're in high school or something and they're listening to the show. I, I just want to let you know, you, you don't need to be doing studying. You could just listen to our, our episodes. Drop out of high school is what Steven said. <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't say that. We've got a really big high school audience. We're we're in touch with the kids. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're out of touch with the youth. <laughs> oh man, maybe. maybe. Yeah, we got to download those TikToks. Then we'll be then we'll be in touch with the kids. Yeah, so that's we'll, we'll talk more about that, but <laughs> everything must TikTok. Everything must TikTok. <laughs> this is a TikTok podcast. All right. So, we're going to start off the show um we had a couple of listener comments. Uh, one that I think is a good, I guess, start to this this topic of intelligence and IQ scores, all that kind of stuff. So the the comment is specifically, I think it's wrong that intelligent intelligence has to be measured by tests. So I want to kind of phrase this as a question for you. So like SATs, ACTs, IQ tests in general, how much stock do you hold in these? Okay, <laughs> so I don't hold much stock in them as somebody who does very poor in these types of things. I guess very poor is maybe a bit of an exaggeration, but like not great. Um, I do think that you can gather some things from these tests, though. Like I don't think that they're without merit of any kind, because I think people who can test high on these types of tests are generally pretty intelligent at like problem solving, or generally pretty intelligent at like, uh, recognizing patterns like there's a lot of very good things they probably have good concentration there there's good at retaining knowledge so th- there's a lot that you can gauge from this type of stuff however when you say like how much stock do i hold in this i don't think that your overall life success is hinged to this i think this is more of a your potential in certain things that you do in life like there's going to be certain jobs that having a good SAT and ACT might correlate to that job. I just I think that you'd be selling yourself short if you thought that you got an average SAT means that like you won't reach your personal goals in life because I mean it's th- this is just a measurement of certain things. So yeah. that's kind of how I hold this. Well, let me let me ask you this and I I swear this is not meant to be a condescending question. <laughs> I, okay. I mean it as like a reflective question. I'm and already now, crushed. Now me I'm already crushed. It. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, though, if you were to take a reflective look, do you think there is any truth to the idea that maybe the people that don't hold stock into tests like these just aren't as intelligent as people who might score well on them? There's 100% like a saltiness factor in this, and I can pretty much prove it when you think about other things in life. You see people who bash, like, celebrities and a lot of times people bash celebrities just like they're like oh they're so ugly or they're so stupid and stuff like that that is it's not to say that there's no element of truth to the comments but like it's very obvious that people do that because there's a slight envy in there wishing that they like that they could be at that point and they're always looking for reasons to discredit people who are doing better than them i think a lot of times in life people just try to discredit people and, and fine, well, they only did that because, like, Don, like, Donald Trump's only the president because he just had a lot of money. But, like, he's, he's done, like, other things, too, to, like, become president. Not that I'm this big Trump supporter, but people are just, they try to, like, so easily discredit everyone. Like, Kim Kardashian has no talent. Like, 
I mean, Kim Kardashian has done very well for herself and has found a way to market herself. I think that's kind of similar to people's negativity towards these test scores because anytime that something doesn't work to your benefit, it's easy to be like, well, it's just wrong because it doesn't benefit me. It's yeah. either like unethical or it's just it's just the wrong measurement. So I think that, I mean, there's been part of me that has felt this way before, like 100%. I've recognized when I get like this, but it's not to say that there's also an element of understandable frustration. Yeah. Well, I think of the reason I th- thought about that is just because I, I remember – uh, I was watching Daniel Tosh. I don't know if you're a fan of his, um, but he had, I think his first comedy special, he uh, he was making fun of people who say that they're not good test takers. And he's like, oh, you mean? Uh, yep. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about because I saw that and I was like, hmm, all right. <laughs> yeah. <he was laughs> Slapped like, the face to me. All right. <laughs> you mean all the stuff that you've been learning, now you have to find out how well you learned you know that stuff, and you're bad at that. Maybe you're just stupid. I'm I'm butchering the joke. I can't yeah, remember yeah, exactly yeah. how he phrases it, but that's that's the gist of it, I guess. And so it does make me think. Like, uh, not that I know a bunch of super intelligence people, intelligent people, but I I've never heard this from somebody that, like, I've never heard that. Oh, these don't have any stock from somebody who's like actually like I could I could just say, hey, this person's really intelligent. So part of me is like. Me, maybe there is some truth in that obviously there's more nuance to to this stuff i think i think you had some good points there about just like especially when we talk about different like types of intelligence you can't really get that from uh just you know we took a wonderlick test i think there there's a lot of nuance to intelligence that you don't really get from from those kinds of iq tests so well exactly i guess i'm really curious on your perspective on this now because I know, I mean, we've talked about before how you, you do pretty well in this, these types of tests. I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, when you heard people uh, who maybe were more negative towards them, were you, did you ever find it difficult to understand that perspective? Or like where, where, where did you fall in all this? No, I mean, I do understand the perspective because I, like, I think you know, I, could, I could take a test and not be in a good place mentally and just completely bomb it Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden that's a measurement of my intelligence you know there there are a lot of variables that come in that don't get looked at when you're actually just grading the scores and seeing how it stacks up to other people and um but i think you know i don't think that there's no value in them you know i i think that generally like if you are able to um i i think they there has to be some way to quantify stuff in order to put people in better situations, I guess. Especially yeah. when we look at, like, education. You know, education, how are we going to say, you know, if, if these schools are, you know, the more prestigious, well, how do we separate these very difficult academic schools from just your everyday run-of-the-mill schools? Well, you got to put people with higher IQs or, you know, whatever that case may be. The only problem is I think just like you said, there's not always that translation because I, I, I was watching Conan and I think he went to Harvard yep. and he talked about how he was like really nervous going to Harvard thinking that it was going to be so freaking hard. And he went there and he's like, I, I don't think anybody that went to a, just a normal public um, university couldn't have been able to succeed at Harvard it was not nearly as hard as I was thinking it was going to be. So I think that that's the disconnect that's a little inaccurate with life. But see, even within that, I think another another thing that fascinates me within that thought process is you only, you only know your perspective on intelligence. Sure. And I feel like it's intelligence is one of those things where it's like, it's extreme because like your, your thought process, it, like it, it's just, it seems so chaotic in a sense that I, I can't, I can't really understand how anybody could really know, like, even though it's easy for him, like, how do we really know that just because it's easy to him that it actually, even if he perceives it, like it's going to be easy for other people, he really only has like one frame of reference for what is actually difficult to understand. So like, right. It's really hard for me to fully buy into that thought process as somebody, I mean, getting into Harvard is incredibly difficult. (laughs) Like, so for me, it's just like, he might think that, but at the same time, 
he's obviously extremely intelligent that he even got into Harvard in the first place. So it's, yeah, so maybe it's a little bit. Yeah, it's a little difficult for me to be like, okay, that's a little bit easy for you to say as someone who clearly edu- I'm anyone who got into Harvard, an element of learning comes easy to you. It may not like you might have worked really, really hard, but like it's pretty difficult to even be intelligent enough to be able to get into a school like Harvard in terms of like being able to get that good of scores on things. It would be interesting, though, because you saw this because a lot of uh, people were getting into schools that they didn't get accepted by. So mm-hmm. th- this was this is how we got brought up. Bill Burr was on, on the show and he talked about how there was a big scandal for a while that these like celebrity moms were basically paying for their kids to get into the schools. Yep. And he's like, the the thing that nobody's talking about is how these kids were doing fine when they got into these quote unquote prestigious schools. So even from that sense, so so now you're not taking it from a person who is obviously intelligent enough to get into Harvard. You're taking it from a person who had to buy their way into this prestigious school, and they were still successful at the school that they wouldn't have been able to get into without buying their way in. So, but yeah, I do see your point. That's interesting. Because I've thought about that with me, because a lot of my argument against the way that higher education is structured is you basically, for the first two years, you have to do all these gen eds, and they're everything that you learned in high school. And to me, it's like, that's a waste of my time. I already did all this stuff. But number one, there might be people that got into that college that have a lesser educational background than what I had growing up. Maybe they came from a um, a, a place where the school district didn't do as what well, as much or didn't teach as well, or or maybe there is just a sense that maybe I'm coming from a intelligent perspective and I think it's easy because it comes easy to me and I can't see that other side. So I do think you make a good point there. Well, yeah. Well, but you see all the time where some people say that that certain things they're like naturals at, like. I mean, when everyone's everyone's mind is just different. Like some people are just better at certain subjects, and it's difficult sometimes to understand someone else's other perspective when one thing comes so natural to you. You're just like, why don't you understand this? So like, I think it makes it difficult in that way sometimes to be able to actually relate and connect to people on this type of stuff. Well, and it can be very hard to actually measure it because, like, I think that I'm a pretty intelligent person, but I didn't really get good grades. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't assert myself in my like academia enough to really stand out i you know i got some c's sometimes i i was probably like a b average i think i had a 3-0 or something like that like i wasn't that great so you can't just look at some of this stuff and say this is where where it counts why, why that's actually an, that's actually another funny thing that i just thought about like so we're both from the midwest we both got like right around middle of the pack like grades on things it's just i don't know it's just it's interesting the random the like random similarities. like similarities yeah yeah for sure um i forget what i was gonna say next but keep going. <laughs> well, i'll just go on to the next point here so uh, how do you feel intelligence in general can impact life you know whether that's jobs relationships even happiness maybe how, how do you think it comes into play well i think I think a lot of, I guess it depends on, like, are we talking about, like, actual, like, someone who, like, legitimately has these IQs or someone who, like, thinks that they have these IQs? <laughs> uh, well, do both. Yeah, talk about both. Well, I just think, I think a lot of people, so, like, let's say you come from a family that has people who are high up on this list. Like, if you, if you come from a family of, like, chemists, um, where they're the the high percentile, we're talking 86, 95% percentile, Everyone's intelligent. I think that like those, like the children of parents like that, probably have a a sense of um, like added pressure, and they probably feel dumb sometimes when they shouldn't feel dumb, just because of the the overall upbringing. Like imagine if both of your parents were a one thirty IQ, but you were like a one hundred IQ, but you were still trying to become a chemist. It would you would seem like you would feel dumb. But like, it's really not fair to even make that like that judgment. So I, I think that's one of the things I think about because I think a lot of people end up in this kind of unfortunate situation where they try to do something that maybe isn't in alignment with to what they are. And then I also think that when I look at this here and I look at the different ranges, 
it seems like a lot of times people who have the higher IQs actually have a lot of negative things for them, which is maybe an inability to understand people as well because things might be natural. So they might be more impatient. Um, so they can't connect with people as well. And I think that um, they, when things come more natural, I think like when intelligence comes more natural, I think you have a tendency sometimes to not have to work as hard. So I think that that could actually translate to other aspects of your life that are maybe unrelated to the intelligence, where I think someone who maybe has a lower IQ had to work harder towards things, that could actually translate to other aspects of your life. And I'm not saying that like any of that is for sure. I just I think it's probably another thing that I would speculate might happen if you were to actually break all this down a little bit. Well, and not even... To take it from another perspective, not even that someone who's intelligent doesn't have to work as hard, but someone who's intelligent might not find working hard valuable. They might, like, you actually see in intelligent people very high rates of depression or depressive symptoms, and a lot of it is because they get to a place where they're just... I guess their idea of consciousness or um, their existential perspective is one of none of this matters. Why is it even worth it? So there is that aspect too, where you can reach a certain capacity where yes, you're intelligent and and you you might be capable of doing a lot of things, but what's the point? Where where is this all going? It doesn't matter. I I have a friend who's definitely like this. I have a friend who got a, um, 35 ACT, so one away from the perfect score. He's definitely a super intelligent dude, and I've gotten this type of conversation with him before. So I think I definitely see this. Like I, you definitely see this kind of thing happen. I think I think part of it's like the alienation sometimes too, when you're super intelligent and you're like you're you've put yourself in like a, a subcategory of the rest of people. Where now you have to you, you feel like you can't connect with people as well because you're like in another tier. So I, I think that that does happen, unfortunately, to a lot of very intelligent people as they do feel a bit of that outsider-ness. Yeah, and that can be very isolating and, and contribute to everything as well. So I, I, I actually I have a, I was going to ask one, one side note question. Do you sure. think any of these are surprising? Like, are you surprised to see what jobs they put in any of these percentiles? Um, you're getting ahead of the freaking pack here. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> we won't jump ahead then. <laughs> I'll go to that in a second, mother truck. <laughs> um, first, I want to ask you. Wait, so, wait, is this an IQ thing? Are you pretty much saying that? I'm no, I, I structured <laughs> the script. You're going off script here. <laughs> I had some more points here before we get to that. People I can't see, see what you're looking at. <laughs> All right, so really quick Are you before we fun of my vision now. <laughs> your vision. <laughs> You know that I've worn glasses or contacts since I was four years old, all right? Dude, I'm making fun of all your disorders, man. Dude, you don't respect any of my disorders. Go I don't on. Respect your disorders. <laughs> um, okay, so. Uh, First off, I do want to say, so a listener actually suggested this topic, not not necessarily the points that we did, um, but they they sent us uh, the Wonderlick test and they wanted us just to kind of talk through this stuff. And part of what was sent to us was a video with Jordan Peterson. If you don't know Jordan Peterson, very smart guy. <laughs> he's, he's very Super intelligent. Smart. I like listening to him talk. Um, he, he gets in trouble with, with some of his, his thoughts and and opinions. Um, but, but I, he just makes you think, which I, I I appreciate. So, uh, I just want to kind of talk about in summary, what I took away from this video, and then we can kind of dissect it a little bit. So Jordan Peterson believes that IQ actually is a great predictor of success in the job market. He argues that conservatives will say people need to work harder in the job market to get further. And liberals will say everyone has the same potential which might not be right when you look at the context accurately is what his argument is. What What are your thoughts on that? When, when you have these two sides that are arguing how the job market needs to fluctuate, one saying you got to work harder, the other one saying, no, everyone can do this. Everyone's capable. What is? What are your thoughts? I think it it's kind of unfair that we have, that a lot of people have this perspective that everybody, like any, any and everybody can do something because like, Everybody is so different that, like, that's just not how life works. So I totally understand that perspective. And at the same time, like, that that does correspond to the whole work hard thing because you can work really hard, but if you don't have 
the skill set needed to do something, like you're gonna end up be, like I've I've put myself in positions before where like my skill set doesn't perfectly align with something that I'm working on. I feel like I have to work like a hundred times harder just to be okay at something. Like that's probably not what I should be spending all of my time and efforts on. So I think it's a really, really, I don't, I don't know, just like profound way to look at it. Like, I think that's, it's interesting. Um, I guess I don't, I never thought about how IQ could help somebody in the job market. Cause honestly, I think a lot of times the job market is like sales. Like how well can you sell yourself and why you should get the job? Um, but I guess to be successful within the job, then maybe there's more to it than that. But I don't know. I, I guess this is interesting to me because I, my gut actually, I was really disagreeing with that overall idea. But now that I think about it, I kind of see the perspective on it. Well, it, it, what it points out to me is in thinking of previous episodes where we've talked about success or even the ignorance is bliss like that kind of that that mental capacity um number one the idea of success should change if if this is how if if iq is a good measurement or different personality traits that stuff is a good measurement of you know where you belong in the job market then a person who has a janitor level IQ if they're a you know general manager of something they're super successful in comparison to what they should be but we like have these ideas of what actually is successful where you need to be a big time corporate executive to be successful or you need to have a lot of fame or notoriety or there there are certain aspects that make you successful but it's not taking into account the full picture is kind of what yeah. this makes me think about. That's a good point. Cause I feel like, I mean, you could already make the argument that I'm successful considering I graduated in the bottom half of my graduating class. Yeah. Like I'd say on paper now, when you look at my life, people are like, Oh, Steven's doing pretty well. But like, I don't, I feel like I'm kind of successful, but I don't feel like I'm like going over the top with any of this at all. I think it's it's interesting because I think we've all kind of like everyone's life is just so different that like the standard in which you're holding yourself to and that your expectations are like if you're if you're like for example, LeBron James's kid, right? If he makes it to the NBA, that would that's an incredibly it's an incredible success story. But if he's not good in the NBA because he's LeBron's kid, people are going to think that he's not a success. But mm-hmm. if he just came from a normal family that didn't have a super iconic NBA star dad and he just made it to the NBA, it would be like, wow, what a success story. Your kid made it to the NBA. And I feel like that kind of goes for a lot of how life is. Is there's Everyone has like a certain level of expectation on from society or from their family. And then there's also like the expectation within yourself. And I feel like the expectation within yourself – can help push you a little bit higher than some of these on here. Yeah, that that is a good point. But I think I'm I'm also saying the the opposite. Like I don't. Sometimes I think society's expectations are too stagnant across the board. Like they expect that everybody should be able to get if they just work harder or if if they were trained right. Like they, they should just be able to get somewhere. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a person with a very low IQ level. So you take you take their attributes on paper, and they they line up with what should be this specific job, and it's looked at as whatever job. But they ended up being a an attorney or something. I'm just throwing you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they're they're an overachiever, actually. You know. So basically, you're saying like if somebody has on this list like the 21 to 37th percentile, but they actually end up becoming a store manager. Like that actually is they're doing pretty well for themselves. Like yeah. they actually they went from the thirty twenty one to thirty seven percentile to like sixty to seventy percent. Like maybe in by society they're just doing like okay, but if you actually like consider all the factors, they're doing great. Exactly. Yeah. So like if you you know people I think will downplay like management of, of like a fran a fast food franchise like people don't want that job that's not a Mm -hmm. but 
just with this example that we're talking about, a person that maybe would have been within that lower percentile, if they were able to work their way to that job, that's a success story. That's pretty remarkable considering maybe what they had on paper and what were they were able to accomplish. So yeah, that's kind of what, what my what I thought about when when um, I guess just hearing those those that, that perspective of Jordan Peterson. Um, but now, unless you had anything else you wanted to say about this, uh, I guess I'm just kind of curious. So you you are a fan of Jordan Peterson? I I do like him. Yeah, I, I do too. I haven't listened to him a ton, but mm-hmm. the small sample size that I have had of him, I I appreciate. Um, yeah, he's just he's just interesting to listen to talk. I, I I do like hearing his perspective. I mean, even if I don't agree with everything he says, like he's so articulate on it that he'll at least make me think. I think the biggest thing people have against him is he seems sexist to a lot of people. I watch, I watch this meme. I don't know if they edited it to make him look more sexist. They probably did, but they asked him. It was a it was a female who was interviewing him, and she's like, "So who are some of your favorite authors?" And he listed off like ten authors. She's like, "Who's your favorite female author?" He could not list one. I don't know if he ever did, or if it just took him a really long time. But I was like. That's not that's not a good look for this guy. <laughs> so, but. but see, well, okay, this kind of connects a little bit though to what we talked about, where if that's actually how he feels, though, like genuinely right. he doesn't like. There's nothing wrong with that. Like if that's genuinely how he feels, like maybe he needs to open his mind and like read more female um, writings, but it doesn't mean that he is like actually a sexist like it could, it could mean it's it could but, yes exactly it but ultimately could. he he yeah it, it definitely could but like at the same time i mean just saying like a random female would it have been better if he just made something up <laughs> in that situation i don't know yeah no that's a good point um okay so now we'll get to the thing that you were trying to get to earlier <laughs> so <laughs> we'll so taking a look at IQ scores and then how they align with the job market. So this was, again, taken from a, like a presentation that Jordan Peterson put together for a, a college uh, class. Um, and then, yeah, so we'll just kind of break them down. So the 95 to 86 percentile, the IQ level is 130 to 116. So the jobs typically associated with this percentile are attorneys, research analysts, editors, advertising or advertising manager, chemist, engineer, executive manager, trainee, systems analyst, auditor. Now, you were asking me earlier, do I think that these align? Uh, What do you think? Do you think that this stuff makes sense with how they align? I think it's very interesting that trainee is in the 86 to 95 percentile. So basically, you can't be a trainer of anything unless, I don't know. I don't don't really, I don't get what that means. I don't really either. What is that? represent trainee of what even <laughs> like what if you're just training someone how to like ride bikes with pedals like <laughs> <laughs> dude i'm in the 95th percentile bro i'm just like i don't know i don't know <laughs> that for some reason that one stood out to me a lot because i just i don't i don't get it and i find it interesting that sales man not not sale i guess the fact that management positions, of which also it says sales manager on here twice, in in, in the seventy third, eighty fifth percentile, which I'm not sure why, but <laughs> I guess management, you have to have a good IQ to be a management, and I'm like, I don't I don't know if that that's true. Well, I mean, maybe. I, well, I would say that it would probably help. <laughs> yeah, it would definitely help to if you're managing that many people to to have that level. His argument too was that higher levels of IQ typically are able to be more uh, not forward thinking, but think ahead of the curve. So they get to things before other people do, and that's part of why they would have higher like prestigious jobs because they get to it before other people have the opportunity to or could. Um, so that's 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 one argument. The, the, what I was going to say is I actually I messaged a buddy of mine who I know is an engineer. Um, and he's a smart guy, but you know I, I don't think of him as like this incredibly intelligent person. And that's no offense to him. It's just 
I even asked him, I was like, so what, how do you feel like if you were to be self-reflective, do you think of yourself as a, he's like, no, I think I'm probably about average. So again, this is kind of back to the, does this hold a lot of stock? I, I don't know that it entirely does. This is probably just an, in general estimate. This isn't like uh, black and white. This is how it is, but yeah, I don't know. It's not exactly, it's not an exact science. So, well, first off, I will say, so I was in the next percentile. I was in the 83rd percentile when I took the Wonderlick test. Uh, so the jobs in this are copywriter, accountant, manager, supervisor, sales manager, sales programmer. That's what my dad is. Analyst. <laughs> I just thought about something. What? What? <laughs> so, so based off what we were saying before, I'm absolutely crushing it in life. Because <laughs> I, <got>, I got borderline <laughs> illiterate. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I you got were... borderline illiterate, but I'm actually, I've like had jobs that are in the 85th and 73rd percent. You are actually. A true success I arguably story. have some that are. I arguably part of what I do is actually even above that. <laughs> so. you, basically, uh, we need to redo the "Are We Successful?" episode <laughs> so you can tell people how successful you are, dude. I'm the LeBron James of being successful in life. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know why i just made me crack up and i was just thinking about exactly what we we're talking about and i'm just remembering well, let, let's actually provide context though do you want to tell people what happened with you on this iq test i didn't take the iq test fast enough so i got borderline illiterate <laughs> brandon specifically said he's like don't spend too much time on each of the questions and it was supposed to be 50 questions and i i literally got exactly 25 of them done <laughs> So my score, honestly, my score wasn't too bad considering <laughs> I didn't get illiterate. I only getting halfway done. I actually was like, I was above that. So, I mean, am I going to sleep well tonight? No, I'm pretty much devastated on the inside. But at the same time, like, I just found out I'm actually a success story. I'm the, I'm the success story of our time. So really, I'm feeling pretty good. For the 85 to 73rd percentile, the IQ of people within that percentile is 115 to 110. And the one above was 130 to 116. So the next one down is the 70 to 60 percentile, which is an IQ of 108 to 103. You got things like bookkeepers, computer operator, clerk, typist. So you, so you can see his argument as the lower you you go down on this IQ, the, the more simple the job is, essentially. The, the less variables or things that you have to manage as an employee. Um, next one is the 55 to 50 percentile IQ of 102 to 100. So you got dispatchers, police patrol officers. Now, I want to ask you something here because um, do you think, you know, thinking about the the many things that like police officers have to manage, do you think this should be higher on that list like do you not just that one but do you think any of these should be put higher because of what they actually do have to to juggle throughout yeah, their there, employment there's a few of them that i think should be higher i think actually that's a good one you pointed out so i think being it, it's a little bit different because you could actually be a terrible just police officer <laughs> like you, you you could i think see i think a lot of these, there's like an emotional component to it. Like, for example, for me, even if I had the the intelligence to become like a doctor, I'm extremely like squeamish. I don't deal well with that type of like, it's not to say that I couldn't get over some of these hurdles, but just like I'm not very much wired to be able to deal with like that type of a stress. Um, being on call all the time would not suit me well. I think that some of these things on here, um, I actually give a little bit more credit to than where this percentile does. So I think like being a being a, in law enforcement is a lot of uh, like holding your ground and like and and being okay hurting people in a way like that who have who have done wrong like just cutting out the empathy in situations. So I mean that that's a tough. I couldn't do that. I don't I don't know what my IQ technically is uh, other than I guess I can just assume it's in this under 21 so somewhere in the 80 maybe my iq is like 81 
now, now we have a clip of me saying that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get another job again. I can cut so, it. So listen if you to the want. podcast. You got an 81 IQ. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't. Any anyone that you think is. Well, police officer, I, I, I specifically pointed out just because, especially with, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, societal arguments about we need these people to be better at making these decisions in these very high-intensity situations. And uh, it makes me just think about it. It's like, well, maybe we don't... <sighs> It's tough to talk about this without sounding condescending, but basically maybe we don't have the smartest people in that employment line, essentially. And that's maybe where there is a a, a limited ability to make those uh, decisions, I guess, correctly. But then again, I don't know. It's it's a tough yeah, thing you, to... I mean, you, you kind of can't, though. Like We can't have everyone... I mean, like in a perfect world... You would want like the most intelligent person to work every job because they're probably going to do it well. Yeah. Well, and that's back to what I was also thinking about with our one of our previous episodes. We talk about everybody has a role, and so it's also going back to the idea of what's successful. It's like for somebody who might have might be successful as a I don't know a delivery man because that fits within their attributes that's their role and we we need people to do those jobs and those jobs are there for a reason so can we say that though they aren't successful because that's the job that they have you know that's what i'm talking about so um i'm just kind of really quick because i don't want to keep going through all of these but so we got 45 to 42 percentile iq 98 to 95 you got a machinist, security guard, so delivery man, arc welder, uh, mechanic. Then you have, oh, this is interesting, a medical or dental assistant. I guess I don't know what they do. Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, I may or may not have dated someone who was one of these people. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, this is one of those things that isn't black and white. This isn't. Every single person in these jobs are this level of IQ, but um, I'm trying to I think, think of that, that this person actually maybe is they actually higher. Are. Yeah. I, you I think they're higher? Person has a higher IQ. I think I yeah I do actually. Okay. Well, I mean, I could be completely wrong. In certain ways, probably not. I I didn't I didn't know her that well, but I don't know if I entirely agree with you. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Uh, so the the lowest one that he had on his his slides was thirty seven to twenty one percentile, IQ of ninety three to eighty seven. So this is uh, messenger, factory production, assembler, food service worker, nurses aide, warehouseman, custodian or janitor, material handler, handler, or packer. And the last thing I'll say about all this is one of the things that he was talking about is. You know, when we're talking about artificial intelligence and how we're trying to, what's the biggest job market? It's it's like drivers, like truck drivers. And what is Tesla working on? Uh, cars that don't <laughs> need drivers. <laughs> so there's going to be this huge job market that might eventually be obsolete because we have artificial intelligence and then you want to say oh well just find a different job well again if we look at the capacity that some of these people might have or not have that might not really be another option so it's it's kind of scary to think about so really quick back to how you you talked about you only got to question 25 i know that this is something <laughs> that you've talked about <laughs> before yep. Just like you're not a good test taker. That's just something that you you lose uh, attention to it. it. There's just things that throw you off. Um, do you think you could be better, better at it? Or do you think you're confident that this is just part of who you are? Uh, I think I could be way better at it if I put my mind. It's one of those things where I think if I put my mind to it, like I've seen myself get significantly better at things by trying. Like the first year that I played baseball, I was – legit my my dad says i was the worst player in the league which i think is a bit an exaggeration <laughs> but 
<laughs> I think he just wants to write a more epic narrative about me with uh, within the league context. But like, I was really bad. Like, I was real bad, and um, I ended up practicing and I got better. So like, when you focus on something, you can get better at it. But I think, I think for me, because I just was always a bad test taker that I kind of just got discouraged and I was like, well, I guess I'm just not going to be good at this. So like, why am I going to even let it get to me? Which I had a tendency to do that a lot when I was younger, which was like, all right, things I'm not good at. I'm not going like, to get beat up over. I'll just focus on things that I am good at. And uh, I think it sometimes hurt me a little bit because I didn't try to get better at my deficiencies. And as I've gotten older, I've put more emphasis on it, but now it's like, I don't really take tests. So it's not really, it's not valuable for me to get better at this now, but I definitely think I could I could do better, and I also think that sometimes we become self-fulfilling prophecies and we just are bad at things because we assume that we're going to be bad, so then we just have a tendency to sabotage ourselves. Yeah, there is something. Which I definitely do. 100% I, I do this. Like, definitely taking this quiz, just being like, oh, okay, all right. I, like... Thought I was probably gonna get a, probably gonna get a bad score because I'm usually bad at taking tests, and I'm like, oh god, I don't want to be, I don't want to get a bad score and think I'm really stupid again, and then I ended up just only getting halfway done. Well, I can tell you, <laughs> to be honest, the reason I texted you saying don't take a lot of time on each question because I fully expected you to come into this test <laughs> with a bad attitude that you weren't going to do well or that it was it was going to be hard. So I was like. Maybe if I just give him a little like push in the right direction, maybe he'll come into it with a different attitude. But he only went to question twenty-five. <laughs> I feel like I, I honestly did feel like I was going faster than. I mean, I I didn't think I was going to get done on time, but I thought I'd get a little further than halfway through. I got I got exactly halfway. I answered the twenty-six question like a millisecond late. <laughs> to to be fair, too, you took a test that didn't have a timer next to it, so you couldn't see. Oh, yeah. I had absolutely no idea. Which is really... That's actually a huge disadvantage when you have no idea. Because especially me, who I already have a tough time focusing, for then me to then like keep track of another thing in my head of like an, a, a concept of how much time I'm waiting. Like, I was... That's a horrible... Actually, that's a really interesting thing. I want to take this test now, like tomorrow, and have the timer. And just to see how much of a difference that it actually makes. Because I bet it'll be a radical difference... Because I think me not having a timer was a big disadvantage. Well, I can tell you, when I was taking the the, the Wonderlick, I was at like question twenty or twenty one, and I had like six and a half minutes left. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to pick up the pace a little bit here because yeah. I'm a little behind schedule. So that was very helpful for me to finish. The, I actually did finish all fifty questions. So. But yeah, so I just was, I was curious what your perspective was on if you can get better. So I've, I actually have, I want to, I want to bring up one other point on this then. Okay. Um, and then we can move on because I don't want to like hold this up, but I, I did, I want to bring up one thing on this topic back in like elementary school. I guess I don't know for sure if you'll remember this, but, um, it doesn't have to be elementary. It could be like pretty much any time, but like whenever you got a school assignment that it was like, all right, everyone, here's the assignment. And then the teacher would kind of be like, all right, get this assignment done when you're done with it, hand it in. Do you remember having assignments like that? You would just, like, they would give it to you, you'd do it, and then you'd, like, pass it up to the front when you're done with it? Sure. Uh, do you remember, like, how quickly you would do those or, like, where you would rank in terms of, like, if you were one of the first ones done or, like, where you would rank on that kind of stuff? I was typically one of the first ones done. I actually – I remember my parents d- didn't like that I would go quick through that stuff because they thought that I made – dumb mistakes which i probably did at times yeah I, I made dumb mistakes because i didn't take my time with stuff i would just go through it quick <laughs> you want to take a uh, now i want to take a guess where i was at with this stuff <laughs> were you one of the last <laughs> dude notoriously almost never finished i i don't if i got an assignment done it was like hell yeah if i wasn't like one of the last like i would aim like i would work really hard to try to be like middle of the pack and if i got to the middle i was like yes there was this one girl I had in like a bunch of my classes in sixth grade that I had a big crush on, and mm-hmm. I would always try to beat her to getting my my worksheet up before she did. But she was super fucking smart. I I'm actually curious what she does now, but she uh, yeah she was super smart, and I would like try to make sure I got better grades than her, and I would try to get done with stuff before she did. But it was a little competition that she probably didn't participate in, but I was. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was... Dude, it's, this is super interesting because I, I used to have the people like that in the class that I would be like, fucking beat this person. This is going to be awesome. But I, the only thing I ever – in math. Math was the one thing – or as I've said before, true story, I was so fast in math. They, gave, they made me do double the work so that other people wouldn't feel as incompetent. It's just so weird because of how bad I was at every other subject. Yeah. That is interesting. Okay, so I'm going to kind of – Kind of for the sake of time, but also kind of just because uh, I think these things kind of mesh into each other. Um, mm-hmm. So another listener kind of commented saying, well, not kind of commented. I don't know why I said that. Another listener commented saying, you can have a lot. Jeez, I'm losing my mind right now. <laughs> another listener commented saying, you can have a low IQ score, but still be smart in other ways. So this is a good uh, lead into uh, the nine types of intelligence. And Ooh. I think that also combines with learning styles. So we talk about the nine types of intelligence. This is spatial intelligence. So being able to visualize with your the, the space around you and, and your the, what they call the mind's eye. Verbal or linguistic intelligence, which is pretty self-explanatory. Logical, mathematic intelligence, which you just described. You would probably say you have pretty good logical and mathematic intelligence right decently good yeah certain certain parts i'm really good but yeah musical intelligence so how we relate to sound and music patterns and then how we can manipulate those i think you're good at that one (laughs) um intrapersonal intelligence which is the more introspective how you handle things on your own how you problem solve within yourself interpersonal intelligence which is kind of social intelligence uh naturalistic intelligence so your relationship with the 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 world the natural aspects of the world and then existential intelligence which is uh have the capacity for conceptualizing or tackling deeper or larger questions about human existence what are you gonna say Uh, i was gonna say i think so I have, I have two immediate things that jump out at me at this. Uh, the first one is what on earth is this naturalistic intelligence? Like I, it, I feel like all the rest of them I can like understand, but I don't understand interest in the relationship with the natural world of plants, animals, and the natural world work around them. Yeah. So you know, like Steve Irwin or Bear Grylls, just yeah, how they're yeah, yeah. able to like Sur- if you like put sur- you more survival. Just your your ability to understand nature and like, like rocks, like live within <laughs> like rocks. <laughs> so Stephen's naturalistic intelligence is pretty low, guys. Uh, Dude, I, I'm I just I love this list. Okay, oh, that, so my other second, my other comment on this is that like I actually love seeing this list because it it it's like I I don't know I just I, I connect to this list a lot because I kind of feel yeah. like. This is, I, I can look at this and pretty much say, I'm good at this, bad at this, good at this. Like, I don't know. I just, it just seems a little bit more easy to understand than just like general IQ. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So really quick, the last intelligence type is bodily and kinesthetic intelligence, which is your ability to perform movements with timing and coordination. So those are the nine now, I want to say just for perspective, this, these nine types of intelligence were developed by Howard Gardner, who is a developmental psychologist. And I think this was designed because he had an understanding that IQ doesn't tell the whole picture. There's more to intelligence than just, I guess, crystallized knowledge. So, um, I mean, when, when you see this list... What are the ones that stand out to you? What do you think that you fall under more? Well, I think so. The first thing that jumped out at me at this test versus just thinking about IQ in general is there's a part of me that's like, yeah, see, look, I'm more of these things. But I do feel like that's a lot of times that people say when they aren't like great test takers or something, they'll find a way to be like, well, look, at I'm, I'm just I'm street smart. See, I'm good at all these things. Like, you <laughs> see people smart, do this a lot. Yeah. So like. My my thought of that was like, all right, I can't like I understand how people can have that idea, but like I do think that there is legit there's some legitimacy to this, and it's unfortunate that a lot of dipshits kind of make a bad name for everyone with this because I do think that there's a lot to be said about this because I think 
that a big part of my intelligence, like, I don't know, in terms of, like, IQ, my ability to, like, learn things, I think I have a few things that probably make it a little bit more difficult for me to excel on the basic um, things that, I mean, I, I don't have good concentration. I, I, I've, I've discussed this a bunch of times. Um, but, like, I definitely can look at some of these in, uh, introspective and use to solve problems, like int- uh, intrapersonal intelligence and uh, uh, interpersonal intelligence. Like, I think I have a good concept of both of these. I think this is something, like, I do well. Um, musical intelligence, I no, <laughs> probably not. Probably not so much. I think I have a good, like, appreciation of musical, like, of just music in general. Well, and this one's interesting, too, because this one and linguistic, I mean, probably all these levels of intelligence, you do have a, a significant advantage if you start learning these things at a certain age. There are critical periods of development where, for instance, you can hear another language, uh, you can hear two languages at a young age and just pick both of them up without actually taking a class on it. The same thing works with musical intelligence. Uh, You see people who are put around music a lot when they're younger, and they might pick up that ability to work around music uh, because they are developing. You're developing so exponentially, so so much more exponentially compared to the rest of your life when you're at those, those critical, like, young ages um so you can pick up on some of this intelligence just by how you're developed so when we talk about a nature versus nurture aspect some of this might be how you're raised and what you're raised around um but i am curious because you have these these different intel types of intelligence but then if you look below that there are the seven learning styles how do you think so these seven learning styles just for everybody really quick it's visual so you like to see it. You like to see pictures, images, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, oral, which is uh, you prefer using sound or music to, to understand. There's verbal and linguistic. You like to talk using words or, or speech and writing. Physical, so you prefer using your body, like getting your hands dirty. There's logical, so you like using logic, reasoning, and systems. Social, you prefer learning in groups. Solitary, you prefer to work alone. So when you think of these nine types of intelligence, how do you think they match up with your learning style? Do you, are you aware of what your learning style is, do you think? Okay, so so the two parts of this. So being able to connect the these together, I guess... I guess I'd have to look at it a little bit more to be able to, to connect with you because I'm having a tough time deciding how they would connect because I, I do think my learning style is something that I've, I had a tough time figuring out in school. Like I was like, I knew that my learning style was not traditional because I never was able to obtain the information very well. Like reading has never been a good way for me to obtain the information. I've kind of figured out what helps me a lot is like I, I must be – a not only just a visual but is there like a like a touch aspect to this is that something that's the physical yeah so things like that are huge for me like if you see how i will take notes on things i will one i like like a physical piece of paper like i don't i hate just having like notes in a computer like people i probably look like a bit like psycho if you analyze my stuff i have um i'll always print out notes I always have, like, huge font, like, just really big. It'll be, like, different size fonts. I'll have, like, different colors. I'll have, like, different spacing. Like, it'll be, like, all over the place. And sometimes I'll, like, literally, like, even, like, rip one of the pieces of paper. So I'll remember, like, oh, that's the one that has, like, a rip on it. Like, I will come up with anything that I can, like, see very visual and also, like, touch. And I know that that learning style is, like, a real thing. I don't actually know what it is. It seems like it's a combination of a couple of these. But, like... I've definitely learned that about myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I just, I, I can't decide how it connects with some of these things on here. I guess for me, maybe the finding a way to like create something emotional within what I'm making is probably a way for me to more like recall information. Because I think part of the reason why I have such a very good memory on things, um, 
which I don't see that being on here, but I definitely have like a very good memory. I can like vividly recall moments in my life. I, I've always thought that part of that is because I'm an emotional person and because when you're emotional, like emotional moments of your life, you're able to like recall more vividly. And I've thought that part of the reason why my memory is so good is because I'm so emotional. I have more vivid things to recall in my life. And I've wondered if somehow that connects into this. Yeah. Which might, I don't know. This is completely off topic, but um, do you know uh, in babies what they what they typically associate with their their memory more? Like what sense? I have no idea. Their what it's what they smell. So it's it's really interesting because um, w- like if you go through a move with a baby, you might think that oh they're just seeing a new area or they're and that might be part of it, but a lot of time what they're actually going through is th- this is so the smells of the area are really unfamiliar to them. So it makes them very uncomfortable. What? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. Th- does it surprise you when I tell you like that? I like print things out and have like different fonts and big sizes and spaces and all this stuff. No, but I, what I will say is I actually, I'm really appreciative that we're having this conversation because I think as partners through this stuff, it's yeah. probably going to be really helpful for me to know this stuff about you. Because we've even talked about with the script writing how I feel like I've figured out how to f- yes. format scripts for you because of just how you sort through it in your head. And before I was writing these really lengthy, wordy, because I'm a linguistic person, so I like mm-hmm. words and I like writing and stuff. But for you, you just... You just need to get into it and go, and so it's different. So it's really helpful for me to learn this stuff. Yeah, and another thing you'll notice, like like s- spacing is super important for me. Right. Like if if it's just like a bunch of like blocks of text, I I, I yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> I get like so lost in it. Yeah. So you're probably you're probably both physical and visual. I would say. Yeah. I I think we're both probably social. Um. Well. We're we're definitely good. We have good interpersonal intelligence. I don't know that I'm. Well, yeah. Existential. Guess, we both have. Yeah, existential. I mean, that's this pretty much this whole podcast, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> bodily kinesthetic. Um, you, how how do you feel you match up with that? Because you've never been like the best athlete, but you're pretty good for, with what you got, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And that's kind of how I was, too. I was never the fastest guy. I was never, like, the most uh, anything. I, I mean, I'm 5'11", and it was slow, you know, but I was able to perform at a reasonably high level for that. So, um, I mean, not that there aren't any, like, 5'11 athletes. There are plenty. So I don't know yeah, what I'm trying to argue here. <laughs> dude, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy to see, like, just the different size of athletes that are able like like there's always someone who just disproves everything like in baseball Aaron Judge is 6'7 285 pounds just disproves like everything we think of as a baseball player dude I I was looking at uh so I have a fantasy football team and I was looking at my starting lineup and one of my running backs is five foot seven what he's five foot seven and he's actually really good he's he he was he got uh he was on the top 100 NFL players list Philip Lindsay, he's five foot fucking seven, man. Yeah, dude, it's, you it's imagine really getting hit by like a six four, no. three hundred pounder when you're five foot seven. Dude, it's terrifying. Yeah, um, I mean he's fast as fuck, so people have a hard time catching up. Dude, to look him at Mug- Muggsy Bogues is five foot three in the NBA. That's he's nuts. like his proof that I have no excuse to not be in the NBA right now. <laughs> That's how you measure it. I have no excuse. Um, so I, I guess to wrap up for me. I would say, uh, in, in terms of intelligence, I would say that I have a very good verbal or linguistic intelligence, and I would also say that's probably my main learning style. I like to talk things through. I like to ask questions to clarify things, and, and having that those words or uh, reading will help me understand things. What? what Wait, you, so you you said verbal slash yes. like verbal slash linguistic intelligence? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's ability to understand spoken and written language. Um, do you think that you're good at learning other languages? I've never really tried to be honest. I took German in high school, but I was not motivated at all. I, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, I, that would be, I, I kind of want to, but it might be a little late in the game cause I'm 27 now. It's, 
Hey, it's you, never, it's you can never really pick up on the, the the nuance of language after a certain point. Um, what's What's interesting? I I mean, if anyone was bad at if any, if I was able to learn as much Spanish as I have, as somebody who was so bad at reading in high school or in uh, elementary middle school, I wasn't allowed to take a second language, and got an F on every single test in Spanish too. Legitimately, at the end of the year, I took every actual test I took in Spanish I got an actual it said F F F F F all the way across I did not pass a single test <laughs> true story <laughs> no. I did not pass one test in Spanish too and like I mean I am way better at Spanish now just from actually having to use it and then taking it more serious so it's it's possible yeah uh all right well let's just, let's wrap it up here so after after this entire episode after all is said and done do you feel more or less intelligent? I feel like I... I mean, <laughs> there's definitely a joke in here somewhere. <laughs> I'll cut all this out. Think of the joke. It's got to be perfect. I'll cut all this the space. Uh, just get between. right to the joke. I'd say our conversation has made me feel more understanding of intelligence. Do you? And f- do you feel as bad about the test results after we've had this conversation i feel worse you feel worse (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't say anything in here about uh timed test intelligence because i'd be a zero out of ten on that i think it's just implied (laughs) time awareness intelligence (laughs) that's kind of honestly there probably is something right your ability to like understand how much time you're taking (laughs) I, I I honestly don't even think it's that. I, it's just like <laughs> like knowing how to answer the questions qu- quickly. Like instead of like actually like <laughs> like some of them were like math questions. What I would do is I would just say, "All right, I can eliminate three of these already because the the cents don't equal what the cents equal." So instead of adding up the entire dollar and cent amount, I just a- add up the the last cent and then i can be like all right well i can eliminate these answers dude that would have been so much smarter than what I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like doing like long division and like, <laughs> oh, my wait this God. is actually an addition <laughs> no nah, i'm just kidding but no i definitely i definitely did not go in with the right mindset that's for sure so uh i i i would say my biggest takeaway is I want to look into these uh, nine types of intelligence a little bit more because now I'm just I want to learn a little bit more about why they came up with these nine because I think it's kind of interesting. Just th- like I never thought of like musical intelligence. Like I just yeah. think like this kind of stuff is pretty interesting to me. For sure. Yeah, I, I would definitely look in that. I would also say, especially if you've had a hard time figure, figuring out your learning style, I would definitely do some research on your specific learning style as well. Cause I think that'll help you going forward, you communicating to whoever's teaching you something, but also it would help me because if you and I are working on stuff together, I'll, I'll know, okay, I learned something by talking about it, but Steven doesn't. So I need to do it a different way. Literally the, I actually back in school, I, I remember thinking to myself like, wow, if somebody actually just sat with me and learned exactly how I learn and then taught me based on that, like school would be so easy. <laughs> like I remember thinking about, I was like, I feel that this is so stupid because like, why, why do we make this complicated? Like, I mean, you can't really do this. You couldn't just like make it exactly. I guess if you just had an infinite amount of money, you could just choose exactly who your teachers were and then just make them just sit and teach you exactly that way. But I don't know. That that was just it. It's it is interesting because well, I'm feel pretty like this sure is so important. I, I am pretty sure that this, the learning styles is something that they're taught to use. I, I, I guess I don't know how much it was back then. Um, mm-hmm. This might be a more recent, like um, I guess, recently really utilized thing in in uh, education of of teachers. But yeah. uh, this should be used by teachers to help their entire class. But, you know, don't, can't always work uh, perfectly. So, yeah. well, I, I mean, I enjoy this conversation. Next week, uh, we will be talking about film. 
So movies, TV shows, and, and just the impact that those things had on us as kids and going forward. I'm really looking forward to that episode as well. So Yeah, if you've seen the confrontation over on Brandon Flippin, the YouTube channel, you've probably seen how motivated or how motivated, how impacted or how motivated honestly we are on the YouTube for making <laughs> <laughs> such a strong effort for such a such a goofy video, but Brandon and I are definitely, we both love acting and we're definitely like super pumped to make a lot of these skit videos when Brandon moves here. Um, We've both been very impacted by film in our lives and you can see it translate to other like art forms that we work on. So um, I'm really looking forward to this topic. We actually, we forget what we were originally going to do this episode or this next episode on. Yes. So we ended up back on this. So worked out. And I'm pumped about it. Uh, another, I wanted to say again, big thank you to the listener who suggested our, we do this, uh, intelligence episode. We, again, I mean, I said it a bunch last episode and so did Steven. We, we really appreciate getting your guys' incorporation. So the fact that we were able to do an episode that one of you suggested, super awesome. Loved it. Um, any, any other final thoughts before I send us off? Uh... No. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. So if you guys want to comment, question, anything that we said on this episode or previous episodes, or you're looking forward to the next episode, you can email us, emgpod at gmail.com. You can uh, leave us a voicemail, 513-427-EMG5. You'll actually hear we uh, changed the voicemail box to make it more official before it just was like, leave a voicemail. But now it's my voice talking about the official voicemail box of the Everything Must Go podcast. You're the host. (laughs) (laughs) host. (laughs) Well, we haven't said that joke in so long. I know. We got to bring it back. Um so definitely uh, do that if you have the time. Uh, otherwise, Instagram at EMG Pod. Make sure you follow that page. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Everything Must Go podcast. We have new videos every day. Uh, make sure you hit us up on our personals. Mine is at Brandon J. Flippin. Stevens is at Stephen Russell B. Other than that, we will see you next time. Holding on to-